Hello there. At last we will reveal ourselves to the Jedi. At last we will have revenge. Hello there. Welcome to a podcast about Star Wars Shatterpoint and the Star Wars universe. My name is Jesse Aiken, and I'm joined by my co-host, Amon Kusro. How are you doing today, Amon? Hey, Jesse. How's it going? Doing okay? You know, final hours before release, really. I mean, this is the, the last episode before we have our launch weekend. So next time you guys will be listening to us, the game will be out in the world, and we'll have new thoughts. It'll be in the outer rim. That's right. Lawless. <laughs> Can't be controlled anymore. You're hinting at some of the stuff we're going to talk about today, Amon, and I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, We're going to talk about a lot of interesting things you can do opening weekend for Shatterpoint. We've got some list ideas, some strategies to employ, and some things to try out. But before we get to that, Amon, a little bit of news at the top of the show. Not much, but very exciting news. We know it's coming out in August now. We certainly know what's coming out in August. And July is a massive month, so I'm still reeling from that because we got Luminara. Grievous's box, the You Cannot Run Diorama box, and of course the Inquisitor box, introducing Inquisitors into the game very early on. So I was like, wow, July's kind of nuts. Curious throughout they go with August, and here we are. I mean, July is pretty hefty, but August is no slouch in itself. We have Mother Talzin coming with my boy Savage Press, and then That's of right. course the Night Sister Acolytes, and then we have This Party's Over box with Mace Windu. And then his clones. Yeah, those ARF troopers. We got to see those scout trooper helmets in action. The updated picture seems like they fixed the thing from Adepticon people were asking about. Well, yeah, because there was like some people complaining on the internet, as the internet does. And they're like, oh, I'm so annoyed that they're reusing sculpts so early. And I think my first immediate thought was like, well, obviously, these aren't the minis. Yeah. There's probably placeholders, right? 100%. 100%. Yeah, they were using this Fiverr first as placeholders to just show people Mace was coming, right? With Commander Pawns, and there's some clones too. Okay, the armor was slightly off, yeah. The ARF troopers do look very different, and I'm happy to see them here. Yeah, this party's definitely over, Amon, and I'm super excited to get some Dathomirian keywords on the table. That's that's right. The Dathomirian stuff is going to be cool, because yeah. now we get additional synergies with Maul and Asajj, of course. So, very excited. Yeah. Very neat. But yeah, August can be an exciting month. Obviously, we'll talk more about that when it gets here. But I mean, we've got plenty to talk about between now and August. It's kind of nuts. So when that stuff's out, of course, we'll cover it here on this very show. Indeed. But today, we're going to take a break from doing the, I suppose, for lack of a better term, box set reviews. That's right. And we're going to focus on something that I think Jesse and I are really fond of, which is team building or list building, whichever one you want to call it. Absolutely. We got a lot of ideas for your first weekend with Shatterpoint. And of course, those first couple of weeks getting the game in your hands, maybe some stuff that you can try or some stuff that your local group can try. And we're going to give you some ideas to basically build off of and do your own very thing. Before we get to that, we have some people to thank and some sponsors to mention. Hello There is supported by Mr. Laser at mr-laser.square.site, your resource for everything Shatterpoint. If you're interested in any of the boxes we mentioned above, like Jesse and I are, then get that pre-order in because it looks like there might be supply issues. Hopefully not. But yeah, secure your mace window now. 
Of course, our patrons support our show here at Hello There Cast at patreon.com slash hello there cast. If you enjoy the show, consider supporting us and getting access to our Discord community immediately when you join the patron Discord. We take this time to thank all of our patrons for their support and all their future support. That's right. And we have two new patrons since our last episode was recorded. We have Alexander Covington, who is our Padawan, or who I like to think Acolyte. And then we have Steven Snyder. Jedi Knight, Sith Warrior. Very exciting. Thank you, patrons. You guys mean a lot to us. And of course, Amon, we cannot do the show without our producers. Rusty, the Jedi Survivor, and Emperor Kevin. Thank you guys so much. Yeah, I do want to give a quick additional shout out to Kevin. This is when I was editing the last episode. I feel like part of his name got cut off somehow. But Kevin, we love you. So I'm saying your name multiple times this time around. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, Rusty. You guys show up. means a lot. Yes, sir. All right, Amon, let's get into our main topic today, which is launch day strategies and list building. So before we get into the list today, Amon, let's just touch on real quick launch day. We're trying to visualize it. Let's kind of like role play through how this is going to work here. So obviously we're going to get our core sets, our Obi-Wan and Dooku boxes. Where do we go from here? Yeah. I mean, you're going to get a lot on day one. Let's just say that. So (laughs) you're going to get a total of six primaries. If you buy everything, sure. you're going to get a total of seven secondary characters if you're able to get your hands on Padawan Ahsoka, and then you're going to get six supporting units. That's just so much to digest, build, paint, and of course, play with. Incredible. Yeah, 18 to 19 units, right? Right off the gate. And we're going to talk about that today, that very feature of like, how do you use these pieces right off the gate? How do you kind of have some fun, maybe some thematic fun all the way to some more competitive fun where you're willing to mix and match a lot. Yeah. I think when we were talking about planning this episode, we decided to focus on how different types of players would approach building lists. Obviously, Jesse and I look at things maybe from a slightly more competitive lens. I mean, at least I certainly do. But I think when it comes to wargaming in general, and especially Star Wars, there's a lot of opportunity for us to have fun, be thematic, and still you know, play a good list. I don't think any unit we've discussed so far can be considered bad. Right. So when we were deciding on how we wanted to frame it, I think we decided to do, okay, there's obviously a lot of talk we've mentioned on this very podcast itself. There's Republic and clone synergies. We all know that Mandalorians are stronger together. That's right. And then we have some favorites, right? Obviously, Obi-Wan for Mr. Jesse. And then I love Darth Maul, but (laughs) I don't know if he's going to make a lot of lists today, if only because I think he's a very selfish character. And we want to design and create lists that maybe can synergize a little bit better. That's not to say that you can't play them all. And we certainly have a list that's going to include them today. So excited to talk about everything. Yeah, we've, we've got all sorts of stuff in the docket today. If you're a dark side or light side fan, stay tuned. That's coming as well. But we're just trying to give you ideas to get the gears turning right before the game comes out. Stuff you can try out the gate and stuff you can run with. Like you can take these ideas we have and add tweaks. I think one of the coolest things about this game, Amon, that we're just now kind of getting a grasp on that's so different is this list building. It, it is a unique concept to have the points be within the primaries, right? And what you do with these points. It's just different from other minis games in a lot of ways. And so in, in saying that, you can always take a secondary support in any of these lists we have, quickly swap them out with a equal point swap, right? And just make it your own, right? So there's a lot of things you can do right out the gate. And we're kind of going to lay some groundwork, but then you get to do what you want with that after that point and kind of have your fun. So in no way is this a exact guide on what's the best or the worst in the game. 
But we're going to give you some interesting ideas, which we think have a lot of synergy and fun and some powerful pieces out the gate, honestly. Yeah. And Jesse's right. I mean, one of the benefits of playing Shatterpoint in the way that it's designed is for you to mix and match, kind of relive those cool moments when sometimes frenemies or allies and enemies team up. And then, of course, creating your own narratives, which is really cool. And we've certainly decided to create some of those today. And Jesse's also right in that the lists are fairly interchangeable because most primaries are eight points and most supporting and secondary units are four. The only time that you're going to have to maybe pay special attention is when list building with as of today, or as of launch weekend at least, Anakin and Dooku, because they're both seven points. Absolutely. They're going to create some more problems, at least in the flexibility side of things, but that's okay because we know why they're seven points. <laughs> uh, they're bringing you a lot more force to your squad too, which is a whole other factor in the list building. It's kind of like this phantom factor, you know. Today, we're not going to talk about that stuff as much, the economy, you know, of your list and stuff, but that it, that will be a factor with, of Dooku and Anakin going forward. So something to think about, but it is, it is I'm on much harder to build with them. That one yeah. point makes a huge difference. Oh, yeah, I'm totally, totally so. And it's also interesting because Kalani is also five points. Mm-hmm. So you actually can't take Kalani with Dooku or Anakin as of today, right? We don't know what the future has in store, but it is very interesting to take a look at what options are available. No, absolutely. So let's just get into our first list right out the gate, Amon. So the way we're going to do this is you and I are going to cover four primary list archetypes. When I say these are like archetypes, things can be changed within these to your flavor, to your style. But we're trying to explain some core concepts of keywords and play styles. And we're going to, we're going to cover what these lists do, how you can play them maybe, and maybe some stuff you can experiment with within these lists. So right out the gate, we're doing something I've already talked on the show a lot about. I feel like I'm on you and I both have talked about this list, something that really we think is going to be strong out the gate, fun, thematic, and help you learn the basics of the Republic and the clone army. And we're dubbing this our Anakin and Obi-Wan list, but really the focus of this list is Republic and clone synergy. So I'll just read through the list real quick, and then me and Amon can get into the greater details. So in your first squad, we're going to have Anakin, Rex, and the 501st. So their box as is. In your second squad, you're going to have Obi-Wan, Commander Cody, and the 212th clone squad. Their box as is. What are your thoughts on this right off the gate, Amon? It's an interesting list because I, and I like that we're starting with a very intuitive list. You know, you want to play clones, you want to play Galactic Republic synergies. Yeah. Then throw all the units with those tags in the list and call it a day. I think there is a little bit of fun here because you're playing with Anakin and Obi-Wan who have partnered a lot over this, you know, the Clone Wars. They have that right master apprentice sibling relationship to a certain extent. And I do like the list because Rex, Cody, the 212th, and the 501st all work together, right? Mm-hmm. And then obviously you have Anakin, who's this beat stick. And then you have Obi-Wan, who can actually help protect the survivability of your fighters as well. So it's a very good list, I think, to start the weekend with because it's going to teach you and reinforce synergies. And then you're going to have a very offensive primary character. And not to say that Obi-Wan isn't offensive. Yeah. But he certainly is more general based in terms of augmentation. Absolutely. And of course, these two identities are going to further synergize with every single piece in this grouping, right? Where it's like Anakin's identity, you know, removing the models he wants to remove, right? And then giving all these Republic triggers that can be triggered on everyone else in the in the group. And also Obi-Wan's the same way. His, his identity, helping you heal, be more defensive, keep your army together. It just builds itself, quite honestly. And the theme is on point, right? 
So if you can get all your clones assembled and painted up and Anakin and Obi-Wan out on the field, we think this is going to list that's just going to be a go-to list in the game for some time. You know, it's just going to be something to teach people how to play the game, teach people how to play Republic. It's honestly a list I'm going to be playing a lot. I'm on, as you know, and I've said on the show where it's like, it's just going to be a list I play a lot to get the basics of the Republic under my belt and have fun playing Obi-Wan and Anakin together, which is so interesting because as you said, they are so different. So they really do. They really are this beautiful relationship of opposites, you know, rounding out the list. Anakin is that scalpel and Obi-Wan is your defensive general commander, like you said. Yeah. And Anakin also teaches you momentum, mm. right? Like if Swing you the really battle. want, exactly. If you really want to get a good cra- grasp on how to play this game, then think about momentum. There are games in which I think one of the best ways to play Star Wars Shatterpoint is to plan for how much momentum your opponent is going to have and how much you are going to have. Because you can have some really big swing games too, right? I think, especially if you design your team to be a struggle to team and onwards, maybe you have a slow start. Maybe you let your opponent gain the lead. And then every time you bring it back, you just leave it to where it's one on their end. So then you get a momentum and you can keep doing that, right? Maybe get two momentum over the course of a struggle. Very cool. Then you get Anakin, take down a primary. Then it's two additional momentum. And now you only need four points to win the game versus eight. Yeah. It's like you ramped in a big way, right? Which is very cool. But this list could do that very thing, right? Because Obi-Wan, the more Obi-Wan, Cody, and Rex get dug in, the stronger they get, right? And so if Anakin's doing his thing and they're dug in and their clone support are with them, you're in a good spot. You're in a really good spot. Yeah. You're in a great spot. And that strategy I shared earlier isn't necessarily just for this list. Right. It's just how I think everyone should think about when they play Shatterpoint. But I think the momentum manipulation is exacerbated because of Anakin's shenanigans. Yeah. Just the fact that his identity is... It's a lot of fun. It's so contingent on that very play style, right? So it makes a lot of sense. So that that's a fun Republic clone synergy list right at the gate. And of course, this, this is going to evolve and change as the game goes on. You know, Amon and I have talked about how excited we are about Mace and Plo coming out bringing their clones. What does that look like for the clone synergy? What, is that, what does that look like for the clone lists? It's going to change stuff a lot, right? So we'll, we'll see which way that goes. But also keep in mind too, I'm on like last little bit of this list one discussion. Rex is very strong in this list because Rex can basically support everyone. He's surrounded by a bunch of clones on both sides and he's surrounded by two Republic keyword Jedi. He's just doing whatever he needs to do as a support piece. So this might honestly be one of Rex's best spots when he's surrounded by all clones, all Republic Jedi generals. And I don't think that's going to change going forward. You know, I think Rex is always going to be that piece and that's good thematically and that's good strategically. Yeah. The free dash and hunker for the get a move on soldier is great. And it really stacks up when you have more clones around, right? Because it's just never not triggering, right? Because, you know, models are going to be removed as the game goes on and stuff. And, and, you know, things are going to happen. But it's so cool that Rex can pivot, you know, he can really pivot. Yeah, he does a lot of damage. But and I think that's one of the benefits of the synergies that you're seeing between different teams, right? Rex can give out Hunker, the 501st love Hunker. Well, guess who denies your opponent from taking away your Hunker when they're in combat? Obi-Wan. You know, and the the 212 are very good at doing a lot of damage. So while they can certainly support Obi-Wan on his side of the field, if you really want like a ton of damage to go out, you have so many options in between Anakin, the 212th and Captain Rex. It's really cool. That's super cool. 
Yeah, we have that sort of Republic synergy going on here, very much so. But we got to move on, on to another day one fun list that we think is going to be really strong out the gate and something you and I have talked about on this very show already in our Mando episodes. But it's Mandalorians are stronger together. All Mandos is what we're dubbing it. And we're going to take an interesting turn at the top. Asajj is the primary. Bo-Katan as a secondary, Super Mandalorian Commandos as a support. We've we've talked about the Commandos with Bo-Katan, why that's strong. We'll get into more in a minute, but just note that they are in the first squad with her. Squad two gets a little bit different. We either have Ahsoka or Obi-Wan as a primary, sitting at that same point range. And then we have Gar Saxon and the Clan Kree's Mandos. All Mandos synergy. Yeah, I think this is another list archetype, if you will, or strategy that a lot of players are going to gravitate to fairly early on. And I think it's because everybody <laughs> likes Mandalorians. Sure. You you thought I was going to say Mandalorians are stronger together, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. 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 Got me. Um, which is also true. I also thought you were going to make some sort of pun with that phrase leading into also this might just be the strongest corset list. Actually, that's a very good point. I think there is a good chance that this could be one of the, if not the strongest list out the gate. And that's because Garbo, Super Commandos, and Clan Crease all work fantastically together. Yeah. It's almost as so in this list, the primaries are just there to help support the Mandalorian synergy, which is yeah. a very interesting take on list building and strike team building in general. The reason I like Asajj in this list, and, and candidly, I think you could pick any three of the primaries in this list. Yep. I like Asajj a lot because of the force push. It gives you just a little bit of control. And because you have so much maneuverability with your Mandalorians, Asajj can help control or zone your opponent. And then she's also no slouch in combat, right? She can do a ton of damage when needed to. And she also has a ton of maneuverability as well because she's an assassin. And then when deciding between Ahsoka and or Obi-Wan, I think the pros of Obi-Wan, we'll start with him because we just spoke about him. Okay. is obviously the the fact that allied units don't lose hunker. Yeah. Most of his other abilities from his identity then start affecting Galactic Republic stuff. So, which is maybe why you'd want to take maybe another eight point primary instead of Asajj. But I don't know if it matters that much because you're pairing Obi-Wan with your ranged units. Gar and Clan Kree's are better at shooting stuff. I like Ahsoka a lot though, if only for the fact that she also can jump a lot. She yeah. can move around a lot and she can protect your fighters, which is interesting in itself. Yeah, this list has a lot of mobility and a lot of reactive stuff going on, right? And if you dig in with this list and start getting off all those sort of bow and Mandalorians stronger together synergies going off, then your opponent has a problem on their hands, you know? And I, I like that Ahsoka can better pivot than Obi-Wan, but I also like that Obi-Wan is kind of more plug and play with the, as you said, I'm on Gar and Clan Kree's shooting from a distance and he's just supporting them, making them tankier, making them more consistent on their defenses making them less susceptible to melee, you know? So it's your flavor, right? But I think the Asajj Ahsoka is very interesting because we're just doubling down on this like jump ability playstyle. Yeah. Obi-Wan certainly has the ability to jump with hello there. And so has got the advance. Yeah, she's got that four speed, right? Which is yeah super helpful. But then Fierce Protector just giving her more advances and then recovering three times, which she can heal either herself or an allied unit within two, which is awesome. And then Even better with Mandos, right? Because you mm -hmm. can really be stacking up the defensive tech. Yeah. And then another point in favor of Obi-Wan is patience. You have some order deck manipulation. You can throw a unit up in reserve. And then when you draw Obi-Wan, you can bottom deck that other card and throw Obi-Wan in reserve. So pretty cool. Yeah. It helps you get your Mandos where they need to be at the right times, right? So it's very cool. I think as Amon said, the core of this list is so interesting that 
Squad one is basically Bo is a secondary, Supermando's is a support. Squad two is Gar is a secondary, Clan Kree's is a support, and you just pick your primaries that fit that eight point cost. And you're pretty much good to go. And last little bit, Amon, before we leave this Mando section, we talked about this in our Mandalorian episodes, but to reiterate why we are putting Bo Katan with Supermandos and Gar with Clan Kree's. What's the reason behind that? Yeah. So just based on the way the units are built out, super commandos are, they can do a lot of damage, but they have impact and melee increase have sharpshooter, which is more range focus. So obviously they can kind of all do both, both roles if you wanted them to, but I like the fact that they made them like a dark mirror of each other. And then it allows them to kind of stay further back. And I really like the fact that Bo has the ability to have that bubble. So Mandalorians are stronger together. As long as they're all within two of each other, they can make focus actions. And then some of us serve a higher purpose, which is her innate ability. They all have protection and steadfast. So giving the super commandos that protection and steadfast is nice. Strong. So that they can survive a little bit longer. So they can keep dishing out damage, in my opinion. Yeah, and so they don't get pushed off points and they can continue to do that powerful melee damage, right? So they're mm-hmm. not they're not controlled as much, right, as they would be under Gar's command, which is very interesting. Now, what's interesting about Gar is he, of course, is an amazing sharpshooter, right? And then the clan Kree's Mandos with their visors are amazing sharpshooters too. So he's triggering Mandalorians are stronger together, but also they're just this group from range is devastating. The consistency of their attacks. Certainly. They're gonna be able to put out a lot of damage and either Ahsoka or Obi-Wan can ensure that they stay alive long enough to be able to do so. Obviously you can't plan for spikes and they're gonna happen, but Ahsoka and Obi-Wan can punish. Awesome. Well, Mandalorians are stronger together, and we do think this is going to be one of the stronger, like, basic builds out the gate, right? And just choose the primaries that suit you. But moving on with interesting play styles and primaries, very excited, Mon. We we get to talk about somebody new. We got a Master and Apprentice list, a Sith Lord and Sith Apprentice list, more correctly stated. We've got Dooku's box, Dooku Django Magnagard, and then you've got a second squad with that Dooku set. Either Asajar Maul, Kalani, and the B1 battle droids. What's the thinking behind this list? Yeah, this is another one of those lists where you're going for theme, which is yep. totally fine. I think it's hard to focus on the droid synergy at the moment. If you're a droid fan, we'll probably have to wait for Grievous for that. Yep. Because he's coming with those B2s. And Kraken. But, and Kraken. That's right. And Kraken. But obviously... The Dooku Django Magna Guard just works really well. The Magna Guard can kind of keep Dooku alive. They also pair really well with Asajj and Maul too, if they ever find themselves in a scenario where they're near them. Amazingly. Yeah. It, it's funny. We recorded that Maul episode and then we got Magna Guard spoilers, you know, a couple of weeks later. And I think one of the discussions Amon and I had off mic was how interesting is it to bring Magna Guards in a Maul list? Because Maul's biggest weakness is his health pool and his fragility. And Magna Guards get around that, right? So immediately we're seeing interesting synergies where the Magnas just go where they need to go, tie enemies up, also be a damage soak so your primary survive. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because if you play Maul with Magna Guards, you're almost incentivized to take Kalani just because he's five points and you really don't want to play a, a point down. But I also don't think there's anything that's holding you back from not wanting to if you really don't want to play Kalani. Mm. So I think you could look at some options there in the fourth or range. We obviously threw Kalani in here because we want the points to line up correctly. But yeah, this is kind of like the bad guy or separatist list, if you will. Yep. 
Asajj and Dooku and Maul all can dish out a lot of damage. Dooku's got a lot of control, a lot of force refunding that's going on with his play yeah. style. And guess who loves to spo- uh, spend force? Maul. Yeah, you know, also like spend force is Django and then get it back, right? Yeah. Through his shenanigans as well. So what's interesting about this list is Dooku's your core. He's bringing you a ton of force. And then you've got synergy. Like everyone's separatists as well. So you've got all this separatist synergy as well. Except we, Maul. Yeah, except Maul. And we've also talked about how Kalani is this powerhouse of support on the table. So it's funny because, yeah, I think maybe if we had B2s, they might slot in this list. Who knows? We'll see what the cost. But I think the synergies are still fine, Amon, where it's like... We got separatist stuff going on. We got droid stuff going on. We got damage in the way of either Asajj or Maul and even Dooku and Django. And then we have control like crazy through spending force to do control things through Dooku, through Django with the whipcord, through Asajj's force push or even Maul's like force pull. You're basically trying to balance your damage and your control and no one to use them at the right times. Right. And, and just basically just always be using your damage and control as much as possible all the while scoring and being cool separatist bad guys. 100%. And I think this is a list that's going to speak to a lot of people out the gate because it's a lot of dark side corset launch play style. And it's going to get you into space similar to a mindset about this list. Number one, we had about the Republic It's going to get you in a space to learn the separatist Alliance and learn these corset and learn these core characters to the separatist Alliance and build on that in the future. Yeah, and I think another lesson that this list teaches you, maybe more so than some of the other lists we've discussed or will talk about today, is the fact that you have to manage your force economy. Perfect. Yeah. Dooku, Django, Asajj, Maul all love spending force. How are you able to decide when to utilize certain abilities, when not to? And realizing that maybe being super aggressive with Dooku can hurt you in the long run because if he gets removed from the table, yeah, and some of your strategy falls apart because you can't get that force back. Absolutely, yeah. Because at the end of the day, he's giving you like the biggest force pool in the game thus far, right? So when you have Dooku and Anakin, right, them staying alive is is a huge part of learning him. But we got to move on. I'm on to our fourth and final basic list before we get into our individual choices. Pretty straightforward list we're calling aggression here. And we've kind of hinted at these type of lists in the show thus far on our box episodes where we talked about something Amon mentioned a lot, which is what if you could just win struggle one and two? Yeah. If you're the type of person who likes to roll a lot of dice, let the dice gods decide or let the force decide your the outcome of your games, then... <laughs> or you play like aggro decks and card games, right? Yeah. Like, I'm just like, I'm doing a bunch of units to your face and then they're either going to make it through or they're not, right? Yeah. And I think a lot of uh, really aggressive strategies do rely on a little bit of luck, but it's not a bad strategy because aggro lists win tournaments and all the games all the time across all all game systems. So this one, you're going to see Maul, Bo-Katan, and the Super Commandos supported by Anakin, Padawan Ahsoka, and the Magna Guards. So you'll notice that Bo-Katan makes a lot of lists today in this episode. And that's because I think Jesse and I will agree, and I'm sure most people at this point who probably played the game will agree that Bogotan is probably the best secondary. Yep. In fact, I'd be willing to double down on it and say she is. And who's great with Super Commandos and Clan Krees, but I think we have a preference for sticking her with Super Commandos if you choose to take Super Commandos, because they're really good in getting in your face and sometimes punching above their weight class. 
Yeah, and they force your opponent to be locked in with them, right? Like that's part of their playstyle, and she doubles down on their playstyle by giving them more benefits by being in her bubble. One hundred percent. So, like your opponents are getting double the questions. It's like, oh, do I do I get out of combat with them and suffer the consequences, or do I deal with them even though they're buffed by Bokatan and they're better? It's like a lose lose, right? And they've got to make the best decision, or they say, do I get out of combat with them and deal with her and remove all her benefits from them? But then I maybe am foregoing the objectives, right? So, yeah, well said. Now the second half of the list, as you can imagine, we just put the two biggest beat sticks in the core box, threw them in a list together, and this is Anakin <laughs> out here with four force. You know, we talked about that force economy, that force. Mm. I guess conserving that force and spending it when needing to. And then this is the first time we're going to include Padawan Ahsoka in one of these lists. And I think she's really good when paired with Anakin. Yeah, and for sure. the reason being is because when a allied Galactic Republic primary unit or Jedi primary unit, when you activate Ahsoka, she can just make with them dash. So imagine you get Ahsoka first, you dash Anakin, and then Anakin's turn, he jumps, and then he's doing whatever he wants. He can get anywhere he wants to on the board. It's crazy. It is crazy. Yeah. And the most exciting part about this list at the very end of me, Amon, is that we brought the Magnus in with Anakin and Ahsoka. And where this kind of doubles down on this aggression playstyle is you've basically got super commandos and Magnus in your opponent's face, doing a lot of damage, tying them up and controlling the points, right? Through pushes and melee. Meanwhile, Maul and Anakin are just cleaving through secondaries and stuff, quite honestly, even primaries, right? Sometimes in the case of Anakin. So you've got this force of melee on the board controlling the points, and then you've got your primaries doing a lot of damage. Yeah, that's the whole plan, is the Magna Guard's kind of back up whoever they need to. It's a lot of melee in this list. It's a lot of melee, but I, I think some people will be non-prepared for that. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the only list that maybe directly makes it difficult is Obi-Wan. Yeah. Because the hunker stuff, right, that we talked about already. Of course. But aside from that, I think this could catch people off their guard a little bit, because doesn't matter how much hunker or, you know, how many points you have. If your stuff is kind of trapped in an area and you've got two of the hardest hitting primaries potentially bearing down on you, you're you're not in for a good time. Yeah, it puts a lot of onus on your opponent to make the right decision. And it's hard for them to know what the right decision is, especially when it regards to winning the points and getting into melee with your melee only list. So you're kind of in the driver's seat there. Yeah, 100%. Now, this list will crumble to lots of ranged fire. So you're going to have to like, the early rounds is going to be a lot of like posturing and getting position safely, right? And But once you're locked in, you're locked in and you're just doubling down on like holding those points and being in melee. So very interesting, like very interesting, but use line of sight stuff to help you get where you need to be. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah, the ideal scenario per struggle is you could at least wound three characters and yeah. one of those characters was wounded by Anakin, obviously either a secondary or primary character, because then you get three momentum tokens, right? So then you're going from eight to five. You're probably going to be behind on points because you're going for the attrition strategy. So some of the stuff that I talked about at the beginning of the episode, where you're talking about that momentum economy as well, right? That's going to be your friend here. And I like Ahsoka again, because Anakin's bringing you four force, right? So Ahsoka... And the Magna Guards are able to come and support Anakin because Ahsoka also has the Racia Snips. Yep. Which allows her to jump and make a five dice attack with anyone within three. So, Also, once again, we got that Magna Guard synergy with Maul too, where they can kind of meet in the middle and Maul starts taking a lot of damage. 
You can use the Magnus to pull enemies off a mall and keep him at his hurt state where he's doing a lot of damage, but he's staying alive, mm-hmm. he's staying around, and he's doing what he does best. And m- maybe he's just like staying by his Magnus and just throwing sabers, but that's a lot of damage, you know? And he's not taking like the direct high spikes in the Magnus are, which is very cool. So all the while, Bokatan is still being the amazing secondary she is doing what she needs to do while also buffing up all of her super commandos around her. Now we get to the lists where we are going to talk less about, I guess, thematicism or day one strategy. Yeah. But we're going to talk about what Jesse and I want to play day one. <laughs> That's right. What we think is good. What we think is exciting. And so we'll go ahead and start with my list, the Aman list. Hmm. Which is Ahsoka, Bo-Katan, Clan Krees, Dooku, Django, Magna Guards. So you're probably thinking like, well, Amon, the, the, you didn't really like do any cross building or list building or anything. And you're right. Sometimes simplicity is yeah. key. And I think AMG did a really good job of designing all the squads, but these two particular squads to function very well together. And obviously, I thought about what I liked the most from the core set. And my whole reasoning was, well, I like the Mandalorian synergies. I think Bo-Katan is the best secondary. So I'm going with Bo. Now, who pairs well with Bo? Obviously, either the Super Commandos or the Clan Krees. Mm -hmm. I picked Clan Krees because I like the ability to... I kind of honestly, I just like their damage tree a little bit better, if I'm being honest. And some range. A little bit more range. Yeah. And then I love Ahsoka. She's one of my favorite characters in Star Wars, but also... I think her identity is great, you know, being able to protect her friends, kind of jump up the board. There's a lot of maneuverability here. And she also has what's the matter too fast for you. So she can also kind of do, she's also able to like take on some of the more popular characters I expect to see, which is Dooku, Maul, and Anakin, because she's just going to dish half that damage back to them, which is pretty nice. Yeah. Now, the other half is obviously Dooku, Django, and the Magna Guards. I like Dooku a lot because... He comes with four force. He's able to refund your force quite consistently throughout the course of the game. Yep. Django's a monster. He can do a ton of damage. He also has a lot of maneuverability with his jetpack. And even though he's not a Mandalorian, air quotes, he looks cool enough to where I'm like, I'm, I'll allow it. The aesthetics are fine, you know? <laughs> and then the Magna Guards are there to keep Dooku alive because Dooku is your, your economy. And with this list, you can spend a lot of force efficiently refund it back with Dooku, control your opponent, outlast them, and then when you need to go on the offensive, you have the tools to do so. Okay. Yeah, very cool. I mean, Dooku is something we're going to cover very soon on the show, and wow, he is a piece in this game and very different and very cool. So makes a lot of sense. You've also got a lot of tools to cover all the bases you kind of discussed them on. I think this list gives you a lot of um, matchup diversity, honestly, right? Because you've got a lot of range, you've got some you got amazing melee, right? You've got some control. You've got a lot of reactive abilities, right? It seems like a reactive is a big part of the list as well. So that's tricky. It is tricky, but it, it kind of just harkens to the way that I like to play games. My favorite way to play Underworlds, my favorite way to play MCP, Shatterpoint, is to look at what my opponent does. And now that I have perfect information, that's right. Make a decision. So in Underworlds, I would, yeah, in Underworlds, I would call that. Counterattack or counterpunch, right? 
I'm never going to charge you first. I'm always going to force you to charge me, even if it means that my turns are a little bit less efficient, because then I'll pile on you and I'll punish you for it. And so I try to do that in all the games. And I think in this game of Shatterpoint, this list can help me do that as well. Very cool. Yeah, I definitely have my sights on Dooku in a lot of ways. And you kind of nailed all, nailed a lot of those reasons. But moving on to my list, Mon, it's not very flashy, but I think it's very strong in the long run. And, you know, I've already said at the top of this episode, one of the primary lists I'm going to be running for some time, getting the basics of the game under my belt, all that, is list number one we, did, we covered today, that Republic clone synergy. Obi-Wan, Anakin, Cody, Rex, both respective clone squads, right? Builds itself, helps you learn the basics of the game. Mon and I both think it's genuinely strong, and that's probably going to be playing a lot of. But I was thinking, like, how to take a offshoot of something like that, right? If I'm going to be playing that, learning the game, what's going to be my more competitive edge to that, which I already think is a competitive thematic edge? And the direction I went is pretty similar to what you did, Amon. So I've got my group, and of course, I've got Ahsoka, Bo-Katan, and Clan Kreese in my first squad. Pretty simple. And then squad two, Obi-Wan, Gar, and Super Commandos. Now, of course, you could do what we talked about earlier in this episode. You could easily swap Bo-Katan and Gar in the respective squads. And that might be the route I go. Like pair Gar with the ranged clan Krees, pair Bo with the super commandos. But really the basis of this list is all bandos and Ahsoka and Obi-Wan. And the difference between this list and Amon's list is I have more mandos. I have more mando (laughs) tokens out on the board, just tokens everywhere, right? For the mandos. And I just dig in and then Obi-Wan and Ahsoka react accordingly right? Like the Mandos are just do the thing they want to do. As Amon said, it's kind of funny that you can kind of ignore primary sometimes. If you figure out this Mando play style, they're going to do their play style. They're going to give each other the tokens. They're going to, they're going to jump with their jetpacks. They're going to do damage, hold points, sustain, stay around. But then you got this whole curveball now of Obi-Wan making everybody better defensively and Ahsoka reacting and helping her friends when they're hurt. So now you're just putting a thousand questions on your opponent at all times. And you're basically creating this sort of Mandalorian ball really on the board, right? And that's really what this list is doing. So it's a Republic version of the Mandalorian are stronger together from earlier, really. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun and a lot of stuff has been going on with this list. Yeah, I think so. I think we've talked already about how Ahsoka works great with this list. Obviously, a little bit of design there as well. Yeah. But what I really like about this list, again, is that Obi-Wan synergy, right, is the fact that if you want to be aggressive with Obi-Wan, you can hunker with some of your clan Krees or your super commandos, whichever one you want to jump up the board with. And then Obi-Wan can kind of move with them. And so even though they get in combat, they're just superiorly, their their defenses are superior, right? Yeah. It's just tanky. Tanky. Tanky stuff. And so you want to create this like Mandalorian death ball. You can do that. (laughs) It's very interesting. Yeah, I think it's going to do really well. And I think both these lists you and I brought at the very end here are going to work for a numerous amount of reasons. I do think the theme we've kind of talked about here, Amon, and of course it is because the course that has two groupings of Mandalorians, but a, a theme through today's episode was a lot of Mandalorians. Yeah, I mean, I think with the limited palette of options that we have, the Mandalorian synergy is a bit too hard to ignore. They are by far the most fleshed out, it seems, of the secondary and support characters thus far. Yeah. But that could change with the introduction of 
Grievous in the B2s and Kraken. We have Windu coming out with Pons and the Wolf Arf Troopers. 91st Mobile Reconnaissance Corps. That's that Scout Trooper helmet. It is. They look really cool. They do. But yeah, going back to the Mando thing, it's hard to ignore it. It's just the most efficient thing you can probably play. And they look so cool. Yeah. We love Mandos, really. Everybody loves Mandos, man. That's the crazy part. I think the sleeper hit that we're going to see, though, is the Magna Guards. Yeah. They work really well with Dooku, obviously, and Anakin. Maul, even. Yep. If you want to play dangerously with Maul, live life in the fast lane, you can force that damage on him and then protect. Yeah, I was even thinking about like the Magnas with Obi-Wan, something Amon and I talked about off mic. Just making them th- that little bit more tanky is kind of silly and kind of cool. It is cool. And it is, I would agree it's also silly because there's almost that line of like, do they need it? Like, can you make Obi-Wan un- unkillable? Probably. Yeah. Is that going to win you the game or is it worth it? Probably. I mean, it could be. Yeah. You know, I don't know the answer, but <laughs> I love Django though. I, I just so, I so wish he was a Mandalorian. He'd be too good, right? He'd be too good. That's what it is. He'd just be too good. Yeah. He'd so be way too good. So we've talked about some lists we're going to try launch weekend, Amon, and of course, early launch weeks. Where do we go from here though? Like, how do we innovate this stuff? How do we keep improving on this? How do we also keep learning the game on top of all this? There's a lot of stuff to conquer First weekend, first week of the game. Honestly, first month of the game, right? That's a great question. My first advice to you, if you're picking up the box this weekend, is to take your time with it. Yep. There is a lot, a lot of stuff in that box. And you want to build it correctly. It's an investment. Take your time to put the miniatures together. And then, of course, the terrain. The terrain can be tricky to build with. So make sure that you are paying attention and you realize that it is quite modular as well. I believe it only comes with four bridge legs. So make sure that you don't use the bridge legs for the smaller bridges you make, only use them for the larger bridges. Otherwise, it makes moving stuff underneath a little unwieldy. Once you've got all the building and hobbying out of the way, I think my main objective, especially when I'm doing a lot of these demo games nowadays, is I try to teach players force economy and momentum economy. I think those are the two biggest things in the game, period. If you are able to manipulate the momentum to your favor, it can look like you're losing. And all you need, man, is just one solid swing turn. And you're potentially can win that struggle very quickly after that, which is one of my favorite parts about the game is the game kind of teeters on that knife's edge throughout the game. And then the force, obviously, you know, you got to be smart with it. You got to know when to spend it, when not to. It's very tempting to just jetpack everything off the job. And you can. <laughs> yeah. And you probably will in a very aggressive list. Yeah. But when you start introducing characters like Asajj and Maul, and even Dooku and Jango, who are force cost heavy, then you got to start really figuring out when it is to best pull the trigger. And I think those two things are going to separate the average Shatterpoint player, or not even that, the good Shatterpoint players from the great Shatterpoint players. You heard it here, folks. Momentum and force. And, you know, I think, Amon, we've talked about on the show a lot about force in particular, how insanely valuable it is, how low your force is, quite honestly, right? We come from MCP where power is our economy. And we've learned over the years with MCP how amazing that economy is. But Shatterpoint is even more narrow, more scarce. And the MCP economy of power. And what I mean by the MCP economy of power is I mean, you know, it took me a long time to learn MCP that there's certain times where I'll just like 
forego a character's attack actions on their turn, maybe pass or just move them to not give my opponent power, right? Because it's that impactful, right, in the game. I think Shadowpoint is going to be very similar where the force pool and how it's used and how it's refreshed, whether it's through characters' abilities or just through getting through the deck, right? How impactful that is, right? We've kind of hinted at it in this episode. We talked about it a little bit, but I mean, Anakin and Dooku, they are our largest force pool in the game thus far. You need to acknowledge them, recognize them, respect them when they come out on the table because not only did they hit harder and they perform better on the table innately, but they bring your entire opponent's force pull up higher and that might just win them the game these little ticks of one or two force here and there they stack up and they just help you score help you get off these amazing abilities that reposition enemy models or do something as impactful as anakin's double attack it's a big deal it is a big deal and what i would also suggest is play the same stuff over and over again well, and we talked about this episode, these fun lists, right? But I don't know if we prefaced enough, Amon. We did a little bit at the top, but we want you to play these core set builds first for the first couple of games. I think that's right. I think that's the way the game is designed and intended to play. Yeah. It's very tempting to like whip out Dooku and Django and sure. Obi-Wan, of course. But learn the Mando stuff, I would say, first and foremost, because everyone's going to probably utilize it to some degree. And understanding how it functions will allow you to understand how to dismantle it when playing against it. Nice. In addition to that, I would say play Anakin, if only to understand that while Anakin can do a lot, there's going to be games where he doesn't. Mm. So then you have to manage the risk versus reward. Because there are people in this community who do think Anakin might be a little overrated. And so it's really interesting to think about how you want to utilize and experience that. And I think you'll learn very early on. One thing is also I've noticed about gaming is like some people just roll like crap and some people don't, right? That's true. So if no matter what game you play, you roll like crap, don't play Anakin. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Just play Obi-Wan and just hunker up, baby. Yeah. Like figure out what works for you, but try everything. And I know that's a little contradictory to playing the same stuff, but I would say if you're going to build a list and you're going to either pick one of the lists we shared with you today or build your own, play it three times at bare minimum. Absolutely. Yeah. And then from there, then make the changes because you're not going to figure out what worked and what didn't in one game or even two, but by the third game you should. And maybe you don't like the way the super commandos function. Swap them out for clan crease. Maybe you realize that you don't like Kalani, but you want to run the Magna Guards with an eight threat. I say threat, but an eight pointer, right? You could play a point down. Is that worth it? Figure it out. Try it. It could work. It could not. I mean, there's just so many things you can mess around with. And I could honestly could go on and on and on about all the things that you could micro analyze, but have fun too, man. Like, yeah, the box is not cheap. It's worth it. hundred percent. It's well worth it. Yeah. You're getting a steal, really. The amount you're getting. Truly. But, you know, I get it. It's a very competitive hobby. It's an expensive hobby to a certain extent. So enjoy it. Spend time with it. It's Star Wars. It's supposed to be fun. And yeah, I'm very excited to see where this game ends up a couple of years from now, because this might be the hottest take that I've, I've said so far. Okay, I've said, I've said some hot takes, but I, I do think if this game continues at the level of energy and excitement that I've seen, and that translates well into the hands of the average player and events start popping up, I think this game could be bigger than MCP. And MCP is already huge. I don't think it's hot at all, Amon. I think you're right on the money. Yeah, absolutely. I think if the players show up, the fervor is here. This game will show it. And I think touching on something you just talked about a second ago that really speaks to me in this game is I'm on talking about repetition, playing lists, learning it. 
Another good part of that is say you take one of these Mando archetypes that Amon and I set up in this episode. There's multiple. Shadowprint's unique, where the Mando grouping as your secondaries and your supports, it's its own list in itself, right? You swap out your primaries, you got a whole new list, but with the same secondaries and same supports that you've already learned and mastered, hopefully at this point, but you get a whole new list. You you swapped Ahsoka to someone else, right? So now we're looking at variability, fun, and also com- competitive play that you're also just now starting a new reps path on, right? That you weren't on before. But the cool part is you've already laid the groundwork of Mandos. And I think it's the same way with like Republic or Separatists going forward. If you learn the Republic clone style, if you learn the Separatist droid style, that's just going to pay dividends in the future, right? When you get more droids, you get more Separatists, you get more Republic, you get more primaries and secondaries that feed into these playstyles or even give you interesting pivots in these playstyles. I really think I'm on, and this is not really a hot take, but I think one of my takes is learn the secondaries and supports like crazy because they're not going anywhere. And it's funny as I think a lot of people would say, focus on the primaries, focus on the primaries, focus on the primaries. But I'm saying like maybe hard focus on the supports and stuff for a while and just get them down because we're always going to have them. In a Republic list, you're always going to have clone supports. In a droid list, you're always going to have droid supports. And in the future, in a rebel list, you're always going to have rebel supports, stuff like that. And and so I think if you learn these basic units that are in every list, you could build off that foundation. And I think it really gets interesting when you know these supports and secondaries so well, because then you can get really creative with the things you do with primaries, which obviously is harder to learn and master are the primaries. I agree. And I really like what you said, Jesse, about keeping the Mando list the same. You know, that's your constant, but the variables are the primaries. Go back to, you know, high school science reports. (laughs) That's right. You know, the reason that you're playing with a constant is because you know how it functions. It's just going to reinforce the play patterns that you've already discovered. There may be some cool nuances that come up with different primaries. But if your goal is to see, hmm, I wonder how Asajj plays. If you already have like five, six games with the Mandos, it's like clockwork, you know, you're playing it. You don't have to think it. You can spend most of your brain power on Asajj or... Dooku or Obi-Wan, whomever. Mace Windu. A lot of brain power on all those characters, I'm assuming. Mace, the one I'm assuming. The other ones confirmed. A lot of brain power on playing those. So yeah, perfect time to slot them in, learn them, but keep that core going. It's just a unique way to build lists and a unique way the game is constructed. It's different from other midis games where it's like you can you can build from the bottom up, honestly. And you can also build from the top down. It's up to you, but I, I really think if you start getting a lot of reps under your belt, like as Amon said, it'll be simpler, you know, in the long run. And at the end of the day, Amon, the point of this weekend we're trying to get people excited about and ourselves excited about is learning the game fully, learning the game, getting out all the kinks. So all this like refining a list and stuff doesn't really matter until you learn the game. But we're, we're trying to start you on this path now to get your focus in a certain direction that you want to choose yourself. What's the path you want to go? What are the characters you want to follow? What are the play styles you want to play? How competitive or casual do you want to be? It's all up to you, but we're all in this together. We're all learning the game at the same time and trying to master it. Meanwhile, all finding our own path. Yeah. And you got to figure out, are you going to walk the path of the Jedi? That's right. Or are you going to walk the path of the Sith or somewhere in between? You're going to be a scoundrel. You know, that's the most fun is I love games with options. It's why I love MCP. It's why I love Underworlds. And it's why I've come to love Shatterpoint very quickly. Absolutely, Amon. And I also have a sneaking suspicion as the game goes on that AMG is guiding us along this path of like the seven, eight cost primary that'll change in the future, right? And then we'll get lower or higher. 
presumably. And this is all just guiding us and helping us learn the game through this lens until the lens expands as the primaries get lower or higher in point costs, right? And then we have to reteach ourselves again, which is good. I think in this like seven, eight point range is a good place to think until we have to relearn again. I have no idea how many points Mace will be, you know, for instance, but we'll see. Yeah, I imagine it'll be similar to MCP where like a couple years down the road, we might get a nine or six. Yeah, yeah. You know, we got sevens in MCP. Recent years, yeah. I'd like to end this episode, obviously before we do our outro, on a question I have for you, Okay, Jesse. Obviously, we're going to play a lot of Mando stuff. We're going to play them interchangeably with one another. Are you going to paint them canonically as Super Commandos and Clan Krees, or are we going to maybe spread it out a little bit? You mean just get wild with the paint jobs? Yeah. Good questions. I think there's more room to get wilder with Clan Krees than Super Commandos, so that's kind of my leaning. But I like your idea of leaning on the modern canon of the night night owls in particular not so much clan crees but like the sub faction of the sub faction right so i think i'm gonna be going that route but the super commandos it's hard to say i think you got to go the mall route like the mall color scheme right i do think though the way they designed this game outside of the clones which is kind of more uniform you can really do what you want with the sports you just can like and be canon at that right because these are supposed to be unnamed characters that you name yourself like oh that's you know whoever and you can choose the scheme so what i'm probably going to do personally is i'm going to dig into the final season of clone wars find some clan crees and super commandos on the screen that i really like and just choose those and as a reference so it's it's kind of like going canon but it's also like oh that one in particular i really like their design you know so what about you dude i flip-flop on this all the time i think a part of me wants to do the more Mandalorian season three stuff because yep I can kind of have the night owls if you will but then mix it up with some of the more traditional conservative Mandalorian tribe and I think they've already spoiled Mando as a character right so if the Mandalorian has to have the Mandalorian key tag right I mean that would be preposterous if he didn't so (laughs) I think it would be cool to like I imagine they will one day do like a Darksaber, Bo-Katan and all that stuff. Like, sure. Spoilers. But uh, if you haven't seen the show, but uh, in the meantime, I can reenact that on the tabletop, right? By having Bo in her blue armor and then maybe with some Night Owls and maybe I paint the Super Commandos as the, the other Mandos so that can run with Din, you know, could be cool. I'm, I'm all about that. Yeah, absolutely. What I'm more curious about is how to get <laughs> Django to have a jetpack with smoke coming out of it. Conversion, baby. Yeah. Yeah. So I wonder if I could just, it's as, as easy as a quick backpack swap between the, the Clan Kree's Mando who's already flying. Like she's kind of yeah lunging forward and maybe repositioning her a little bit. But I'm also looking at the miniature right now. If I stick a jetpack on it, it's still going to look a little weird. So what I'd like to do is I'm going to tr- I'm gonna truly try without destroying oh, this mini. I love this. Is I'm going to, you know, when Mace first attacks Django and he like kind of immediately jumps back in the air, both guns pointing down, shooting. Yeah. I'm going to try to figure that out. I'm going to try really hard. That's a movie he pulls on Obi-Wan too. The fight with the, Obi-Wan. That might be the scene that I'm That's what you're thinking of. Yeah. You're thinking of the on Camino. back. Yeah. And Obi-Wan does the defensive. What a scene. It immediately jumps into Ataru. Yeah. What a scene though. I mean, yeah, of course Ataru, but just Boba in the fire spray, just shooting Obi-Wan with the, the blasters. Not, not fair, but. Does Obi-Wan actually deflect a spaceship blaster or is he just. No. Okay. He like flips out of the way. I was about to say, I feel like singed by it. That would break your arm if you tried to deflect. (laughs) You know, (laughs) it would. But I mean, Jenko pulls out everything on Obi Wan that fight. The whipcord, 
the backpack rocket, bunch of blasters. I mean, a lot. And then Obi Wan. Then they hand to hand fight for a while too, right? Like a lot of punching. So this is another canon question I'm going to ask you. Mando. So true Beskar armor can block a lightsaber for some time. Yeah. I mean, if you leave the lightsaber on, it's gonna it's gonna get through it eventually, right? Yeah, but like. Like the spear that Din used in season two, you know, like that was pure Beskar. And then his his armor was pure Beskar. So I, I think like he was able to block it when Ahsoka kind of swung at him with his forearm or something. Right. Yeah. And so what's up with, ja- uh, with Django, man? Are you talking about with Mace? Was it? I guess he hit him in the neck, right? So Right on the neck, baby. Yeah. Right with that impeccable window aim. Yeah. And the best part of that window aim is he, he does that swipe and he doesn't even look. He just knows it's off. He's got his back turned to him. So disrespectful, honestly. But he just walks away like, I don't need to look. Yeah, it's crazy yeah. how we barely get any Django, but everyone loves Django. It's Tim, man. The guy who plays him. You know? Tamora? Yeah. Tim playing Boba, too. I mean, the guy's just charismatic. He just is. Like, in real life. I mean, he's just... He's amazing, you know? You ever look at his social media and stuff? Like, when he was doing Boba, he was, like, the happiest man on the planet. And just, like, he was doing updates of his weightlifting, his workout routine, his, you know, he'd go to the Polynesian spa at the end of the day, and he'd live stream it. That's wild. <laughs> and just, like, his accent and t- him talking about, like, being excited about stuff it just gets people hyped, you know? That's part of what it is, for sure. Jacob's cool. Yeah, I mean, the fact that he was, uh, we know his history, and we'll cover it very soon on the Dooku episode, but it's, like... He was a real deal. He was a real bounty hunter, like real serious on top of this Mandalorian heritage that will cover how Mandalorian he actually was. Yeah, I mean, he was definitely hot stuff, but it's hard to keep up with a Jedi. <laughs> That's right. Oh, man. But yeah, Django is going to be really good in this game right out the gate, which is kind of interesting that we got a day one release like that. That's that powerful. But I think the best thing you do as a new player with this game is just kind of get all these mechanics, symbols, conditions down. I'm I'm still having trouble on with the conditions and the symbols, you know, because I'm trying to retrain my miniatures brain of so many games, of so many conditions and symbols, right? So I think if we if we get to a point where we all know that, we're in a good spot. Yeah, that's true. The conditions are a little... And the rules, of course, like condition yeah. symbols, rules. Line aside is also tricky. There's so many like small rules that like creep up on you. Like if I'm within two and you're within two, but you're at a higher elevation, you get priority, right? On the point. Yeah. You and I talked about that on, that on the uh, bonus feed. Yeah. Yeah. Like this, this type of stuff, these rules, just read every page. I would say read through it twice, but for the conditions, they are color coded. So red is strained. Green is a disarm, yellow is exposed, and blue is pinned. And if you really want to like drill it down even further, the red looks like blood drops or sweat. So think about when you're bleeding or you're out of breath, kind of strained. The gun with a line through it, disarm. Exposed is really interesting because it's like you taunt an opponent, right? In like those MMORPGs. Yeah. Like, you know, so like think about that is like, oh, they see you. So you're exposed. And then. Gotcha. Because the arrow is the move, right? In this (laughs) game, a line through the move. Well, there's a lot of arrows. (laughs) <laughs> so many arrows. So many arrows. That's where I've yeah. had issues. Yeah, it's the arrows. Yeah. If you can learn you all the arrows, figure it out. dash is the arrow with the dashes in it. That's, that's right. That's, that's our shortcut real quick for you with the arrows. But the other arrows are a little bit different, right, Amon? Yeah, but you know, I think AMG did a really good job with a quick reference sheet. It's the last page of the rule book. So it has the turn sequence, attack sequence, and the icons. Perfect. You can always reference that to help you learn, especially on your opening weekend. Just have that flipped over on the back of the rule book and just be ready but yeah uh what are your thoughts about our first launch day strategies and lists we hope these give you a lot of fun and a lot of uh exciting games in your future 
and we want to yeah. know how these these go. Obviously, we'd love if you tried out a list, kind of take some of that lift off of you. But this is just a starting point. Yeah. We have no idea where this is going to go from here. Yeah. Take it in whatever direction you want. And if you think all our lists suck, that's okay too. Also, the game will change dramatically in one month when we get a couple more boxes, many more boxes to be specific. So Aman and I will revisit this very soon in a month's time and... We'll reassess these lists, but we'll also bring in our new features of our lists with, you know, beautiful things like Luminara, Grievous, the You Cannot Run, Diorama Set, and of course, the Inquisitors, because we're going to get all those Inquisitors on the table as quick as possible. Mm-hmm. That's we right. Have to. have to. And then you can run Vader with clones or Inquisitors. Yeah. Just like all the Inquisitors, Vader, Grand Inquisitors, Primaries. I'm ready. Exciting. I guess you could also run Obi-Wan as a... Secondary to Anakin, right? That's right. You and I have talked about on the show. <laughs> it's going to happen. We're going to find a way to do it. Or, I'm going to do it just to troll you. Well, that's true. Or <laughs> or Obi-Wan with one of these other Republic primaries like Ahsoka or maybe Luminara. That's so interesting. Well, anyways, good luck with your opening weekend of Star Wars Shatterpoint. And remember to always have fun, whether it's the hobby side right the gaming side or just learning to play a new game with your friends now with that hello there is supported by our wonderful patrons you can become a hello there patron by going to patreon.com slash hello there cast and of course we've we've talked about in other episodes but the quick spiel of the patreon real quick is you're helping us pay our bills you get immediate access to the discord whatever tier you're in but then some of the higher tiers you get more benefits like behind the scenes content one-on-one discussions and private separate podcast feed with more episodes of the show that are more off the cusp and very fun star wars discussion and shatterpoint discussion that will not make it on the primary feed so if any of that sounds interesting to you check it out we have a weird obsession at the moment with lightsaber colors that's right we've covered the lightsaber colors a lot on those and uh some interesting lightsaber color quizzes that's right but of course you can find us several places online you can find us on twitter instagram facebook and twitch all at the same place at hello there cast email us at hello there cast at gmail.com with any inquiries ideas collaborations discussions and leave us reviews on your podcast platform of choice it really helps us out namely spotify and apple podcast people we really do see you and it means a lot to us that you've been leaving us reviews early on if you can't support us monetarily on patreon the best way you can do to support us is by subbing listening and giving us a five-star review on your podcast platform that is your favorite yeah and share it absolutely we'd also like to give a special shout out to lofiel for our show's music as i've said many times and i will continue to say straight banger there it is. My buddy was like, dude, I was at the gym the other day and I played your intro just because I really like it. And I was like, nice. He's like, I had to pump some new weight. That's right. I played y'all's intro on a loop for a second. He needed the force. That's sick. That's great. Of course, you can find Amon and I on several places online. You can find me, Jesse, on everywhere online, Twitter, Instagram, Longshanks, Discord, at Jesse Aiken. That's J-S-S-E-E-A-K-I-N. And of course, if you are interested in MCP or the Marvel Universe at all, check out my show, Fury's Finest, which is everything about Marvel Crisis Protocol and the Marvel Universe. We really want to enhance your game of MCP, but also enhance your love of Marvel. And check us out on your podcast platform of choice. Amon, where can everyone find you? You can follow me at Amon the Wargamer on Twitter. Longshanks is Amon Kusro. And on Discord, I am a man of many names, but in the Shadowpoint... In the Shadowpoint realm, I am Amon, comma, Dark Jedi. And then, honestly, Underworlds or MCP, just type in Amon. Should be the only one. 
And speaking of Underworlds, I do a podcast on it. It's called Path to Glory, the Warhammer Underworlds podcast that focuses on competitive gaming, player development, and community growth. And that's where you're going to learn how to get your A game. It is a competitively focused podcast, and I have an awesome co-host. we got blog content as well, so check us out. Awesome. Well, we hope you guys have a wonderful Shatterpoint launch weekend, but more importantly, have a wonderful launch couple of weeks. We got a lot of fun stuff to supplement your games, your fun of the game, keep you plugged in while you're not playing. It's one of our favorite things we get to do as content creators and podcasters is we get to keep you plugged into the games we love while you're doing the monotonous things in life, while you're at work, while you're commuting, while you're walking the dog, while you're mowing the lawn, whatever it is, we want to supplement your time and Shatterpoint right now when we're all trying to get more of the game in and when you can't. So we hope you'll join us on that journey. But until next time, we really appreciate you listening and may the force be with you. And have fun.